I'm going to begin with a clip, and then I'll talk in between them tonight, if I can finish it. Um, let me see what I have first. I want to read a scripture. I want us to read it together, because this is what is being fulfilled today. Psalm 83, we've mentioned it before, but let's read this passage of scripture that is on the, on the screen now. Oh, now God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And oh God, do not be still. For behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, Come, let us wipe them out as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they have conspired together with one mind against you. They make a covenant. It's amazing how accurate and detailed this is. This is happening. Come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Those are almost the exact words they're using. That the name of Israel be remembered no more. The leaders of the different Palestinian groups have said that again and again and again. They have conspired together with one, with one mind. Against you they make a covenant. And a beautiful illustration of that again is these two groups, Hamas and the other group, I forgot the name of it, that have come together. They were enemies, but they've come together just so they could uh, look as though they are united when Abbas went to the United Nations to make his uh, his presentation. So this is what is being fulfilled right now, this passage of scripture. It's coming, it's being enacted in our day. It's amazing. Now, I want to show you the first video where Abbas says no to the Jewish state. And he's making that very clear. He's saying that to his people, but when he comes out publicly, he says something else. Let's just take a look at this. The Palestinian Authority refuses to recognize Israel as a Jewish state. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas said, adding he will continue with the statehood bid. Don't order us to recognize a Jewish state, we won't accept it, Abbas told Palestinian officials in Ramallah in response to international demands that he forego the statehood bid and recognize Israel. The statehood bid in the United Nations next month is not aimed at isolating Israel or causing conflict with the United States, he said. Israel's Foreign Minister Victor Lieberman blasted Abbas's statements and said, they reveal the true nature of the September motion. A Palestinian state comes in place of a Jewish state, he said. The goal of the Palestinians is to obtain recognition of a Palestinian state with full sovereignty on the territories occupied since 1967 and obtain full membership in the United Nations, Abbas said. Uh, I'm going to give you another video now that shows the history of, again, of Israel and the, what we call the borders of Israel and how they came about and exactly some of the false information that is being uh, proclaimed on the media just about every night concerning Israel and so on. Um, for instance, one of the things that is always left out concerning uh, Israel and what they call the occupied territory now, which really legally is not correct. 
Because remember the, how Israel got the territory that in the West Bank and so on, Gaza, was because the Arabs attacked them. And then in defeating them and pushing them off, they took this land because they secured them as far as uh, further attacks were concerned. And so it's really the, the, more, the best legal term, they say, is not occupied territory, but disputed territory, you see. And that puts a whole different story legally on it. But take a look at this, and then we'll discuss this one as well. But we just want to give you some idea of how uh, falsehood and erroneous things concerning Israel uh, stated just about every night on TV and so on. But I hope that as you see this now, it'll give you a better understanding of the history as it was. Having covered Israel's legal rights in the West Bank, we're now going to focus on the peace process. May suggest that Israel's presence in the West Bank what some people call the occupation, is the cause of Palestinian hostility towards Israel. And the reason, there is no peace. But is that really true? If Israel's presence is the cause of the conflict, then it follows that there was no conflict before 1967, when Israel was not in the West Bank, right? Let's look at the facts. The PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, was created in 1964 when the entire West Bank and Gaza was in Arab hands. Why create the PLO in 1964, when Israel has no presence in the West Bank and Gaza? What Palestine were they liberating? The PLO emblem gives us the answer. The PLO was created to remove by force the entire state of Israel from the map of the Middle East, a goal clearly stated in their charter. This goal was not new. The PLO was continuing a long Arab history of saying no. No to the national self-determination of the Jewish people. No to recognizing the Jewish ancestral homeland. Let's take a look at the history. In 1937, the Peel Commission recommended a division of the land, a Jewish state and an Arab state. The Arab portion would include 96% of the territory that the League of Nations had originally designated for the Jewish homeland. This included far more than just the West Bank. However, instead of accepting the Jews as peace partners, the Palestinian leader, Haj Amin al-Husseini, said no, and found a partner whose vision was closer to his own. In 1947, the United Nations recommended the partition plan, which again offered the Arabs far more than just the West Bank. The Jews said yes, the Arab leaders again said no and launched a war of extermination. Israel won that war, established the state, but did not know a day of peace despite the fact that its Arab neighbors held the entire West Bank. The Arabs continued saying no. They attacked Israel relentlessly using the West Bank as a launching pad until Israel took it over in a war of self-defense in 1967. After the war, the Arab League rejected all attempts at peace. They continued to choose force over negotiation. And at a summit in the city of Khartoum, we again heard, no, no, no. 
Let's fast forward to 1993. Israel and the Palestinians signed the Oslo Accords. Were the Palestinians finally saying yes? It appeared so. Israel said yes and gave territorial control to a Palestinian government it helped establish. But despite signing agreements, the Palestinian actions said no. During the next five years, Israel saw a significant increase in terrorist attacks, which killed hundreds of Israelis. In 1996, Yasser Arafat, the Palestinian leader, declares, we plan to eliminate the state of Israel and establish a purely Palestinian state. But Israel did not give up saying yes. In 2000, Israel's Prime Minister Barak offers the Palestinians 93% of the West Bank. Again, the answer is no, together with increased terror. In 2005, Israel withdraws from the Gaza Strip, uprooting 8,500 Israeli citizens, hoping to advance peace. The Palestinians again say no. This time, they increase rocket attacks from Gaza against Israeli civilians by over 500%. In 2008, another Israeli attempt at yes. Prime Minister Olmert accepts nearly all Palestinian demands, including handing over almost 100% of the West Bank with minor land swaps. The Palestinians, again, no. So what can we conclude? One, the conflict was not caused by Israeli presence in the West Bank. The real cause of the conflict, until today, is the long-held Arab history of saying no. No to peace, no to the existence of Israel. Because no is consistent with Palestinian policy, education, and media. Political and religious leaders continuously promote Israel's destruction. Two, Israel has said yes for decades and has proven that by signing peace with Jordan and Egypt. So, where do we go from here? How do we achieve peace? With some goodwill, mutual recognition of the right to self-determination, and real compromises on both sides. Israel, for its part, will continue saying yes to a real and enduring peace. But for the peace process to succeed, the Palestinians will have to give up their uncompromising choice of force over negotiation, and of choosing no over yes. It's about time. So the major thing then here is to realize is that the Palestinians are not really interested in getting that little piece of land. They're interested in eliminating Israel from the face of the earth. Uh, but that's where the problem comes because God has tied Israel to the land. You cannot separate the land from the people or the people from the land in God's plan. The two go together. And God has promised that land to his people, he called the Jews, the apple of his eye. And so, in, in effect, the Palestinians are not really fighting against the Jews. They're fighting against God, the landowner, if you want. And that's not, an, you know, that's not a battle they're going to win. Uh, any other questions or comments on that video you just saw? 
Okay, I'm going to show you another clip now from Hal Lindsey. He sort of puts the prophetic aspect on what's happening right now, and especially the focus on the land that God promised to the people of Israel. One of the great paradoxes of our time is that we are seeing fulfilled what God predicted would happen with a covenant that he made with Abraham and his sons Isaac and Jacob. In Genesis chapter 13, God said to Abram, And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you're north, where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your descendants forever. And then when Isaac was born, God said to Abram, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. And then when Jacob was born to Isaac, the covenant was reconfirmed in Genesis chapter 28, verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord your God, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. This was reconfirmed many times in the scripture. And you know what this does is it makes Israel the only nation on this earth that the creator has given the title deed to a specific land. No other person or land has a title deed from God. But Israel does. And this sets up a great historical dilemma. Because Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28 as Israel was coming from Egypt and uh, had been delivered miraculously by God and bringing them to the promised land, God said that they would be destroyed as a nation twice in their future. He predicted it would be because of their unbelief. And when he speaks of the second dispersion in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 64, it says, Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, and there you shall serve other gods. And among these nations you will find no rest, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart and failing of eyes and despair of soul. So your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you shall be in dread night and day and shall have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, would it were evening. And at evening you will say, would it were morning because of the dread of your heart, which you dread, and for the sight of your eyes, which you shall see. Twice Israel was destroyed. Once by the Babylonians in the 7th century B.C. And the second time by the Romans in 70 A.D. And as predicted, the second time they were scattered throughout the whole world for a long time but then prophecy predicts that God would bring them back as a matter of fact in Ezekiel chapter 36 it tells us that uh, the main enemies of Israel will be uh, the half brother of Isaac Ishmael and the twin brother of Jacob Esau, these two peoples 
mingled together and became what we know as the Arabs. And Edom is the common name that was given for the combined race called the Arabs. This is what Ezekiel predicts about the last day, just before the Messiah would come to set up the promised kingdom. He says in Ezekiel 36, verse 2, Thus says the Lord God, Because the enemy has spoken against you, aha, and the everlasting heights have become our possession, therefore prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, For, God, for good cause they have made you desolate and crushed you from every side, that you should become a possession of the rest of the nations. You have been taken up in the talk and whispering of the people. But then he says, Surely in the fire of my jealousy I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all Edom, which means the Arab people, who appropriated my land for themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and with scorn of soul to drive it out for a prey. Then he says, Therefore thus says the Lord God, I have sworn that surely the nations which are around you, which is all the Arab Muslim nations, you will themselves endure their insults. But you, O mountains of Israel, you will put forth your branches and bear your fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. This is predicting the time when the worldwide dispersion would be brought back and a miraculous rebirth of the nation would take place. But God makes it very clear why he's doing this. In chapter 36, verse 19, he says, I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the lands according to their ways and their deeds. And then in verse 22, he says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will come to know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. We have witnessed that. 1948, this was officially beginning to be fulfilled. I believe that God is holding up his word to the world, and whether the world likes it or not, he is going to fulfill it. He says it's not because Israel deserves him to rescue them, but because of his great name, because he has made a covenant. And he says the remnant of these people who believe in his Messiah... He is going to rescue, and he's going to do it with great war. It is this ancient conflict between a half-brother and a twin brother and Isaac and Jacob that this feud and this hatred is going to touch off the last war of the world called Armageddon. We live in those days, and I believe it's happening before our eyes. The significance is that the Word of God is being proved before our very eyes. This is why if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, you need to receive the gift of pardon that Jesus Christ gave His life to give you. Just pray right now and receive the gift of pardon and turn to Him. Thank you for being with us. I'll see you next week, God willing. 
been watching the Hal Lindsey Report. One of the things we have to be reminded of, although the return to the land has started, it isn't finished yet, of course. It won't be completed until Jesus comes. But it has started. But remember, Israel is still being judged by God. So a lot of the stuff that's happening is because of their disobedience in the past. And God's judgment upon them is still being meted out. And that's what we are seeing as well. But notice the part where it says that God is doing it because he wants to vindicate his great name. Not for Israel as such, but for the fact that he wants to establish his great name. And that has to do with his promise to the people of Israel. He promised them a land. He promised that they would live in peace. And God is going to bring that about himself. And no Palestinian organization or anyone else will be able to stop that. But as it says in the scriptures, it's going to be a great war because of the conflict that has started between these. It's a family feud that is still going on. And that's what we're experiencing right now. I have one short uh, video. It's about, again, it's something you saw on TV already where um, Abbas makes his bid for membership in the UN um, last week. When was it? Um, Friday, eh? Friday. This is it here right now. The conflict between Israelis and Arabs is as old as this institution. And I therefore formally declare Israel admitted to membership in the United Nations. And we can come back here next year, as we have for the last 60 years, and make long speeches about it. Or we can say that this time will be different. When we come back here next year, we can have an agreement that will lead to a new member of the United Nations, an independent, sovereign state of Palestine living in peace with Israel. One year after President Obama delivered this address to the United Nations General Assembly, Israelis, Palestinians, and the international community have once again failed to settle the conflict. The year that followed would include more stalemates. Israeli settlements in the West Bank persisted, bilateral talks stopped, violence continued, and diplomacy failed. Peace still appears very far away. And yet, this week's 66th meeting of the United Nations General Assembly is the most anticipated session in recent memory. That's because, last Friday, only three days after the 18th anniversary of the Oslo Peace Accords, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas announced a new course in the peace process in defiance of the United States and Israel. Upon addressing the General Assembly, Abbas says he will submit an application to the Security Council for Palestine to become the UN's 194th member. To gain full membership to the UN, a candidate must first submit a letter to the Security Council declaring itself a peace-loving state and one which accepts the UN Charter. Nine out of the 15 states that currently sit on the Security Council would then have to vote in favor of membership. Each of the five permanent Security Council members, China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States, possess a veto that could dismiss the resolution. After a successful Security Council vote, a membership letter would then pass to the last stage, a two-thirds majority vote by the General Assembly. The UN's relationship with the Palestinian Liberation Organization began on November 13, 1974. 
The PLO became the first non-entity to address the United Nations when then-leader Yasser Arafat was invited to speak before the General Assembly. The following year, the UN recognized the PLO as a permanent observer. Palestinian representatives now sit behind non-members like the Vatican and the EU and have certain participatory rights. However, they cannot put forward candidates, nor can they vote. Fast forward 37 years. The Palestinians still appear far from a state of their own. Technically, the UN does not recognize states. Individual UN members do that on a bilateral basis. Were Palestine to become a UN member, it would still lack basic state necessities, such as defined borders. The Obama administration has made it clear it will use its Security Council veto should Abbas go forward. Nevertheless, the U.S. is worried that their veto could undermine American credibility in an Arab world still undergoing seismic change following the Arab Spring. With the U.S. in a difficult position, the Security Council may opt to delay a vote altogether. Veto or no veto, Abbas maintains that his security push is meant to strengthen his position in negotiations with Israel. No one knows exactly what will happen after his speech. Whatever occurs in New York, the United States hopes to find a way to coax the two sides back into direct negotiations. One year ago, I stood at this podium and I called for an independent Palestine. Peace will not come through statements and resolutions at the United Nations. If it were that easy, it would have been accomplished by now. Ultimately, it's the Israelis and the Palestinians, not us, who must reach agreement on the issues that divide them. And that is and will be the path to a Palestinian state.